The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back. Uh, once again, Employment Law Show, good to have you along with us. You want to reach out anytime to uh, Lior, one 821 5900 member of his staff as well. The email address we use, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And a reminder, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, wonderful website, all kinds of employment law goodies on there. It will fill your head with information you should have since you're working so much like we all are. And there's also a section on disability law there as well, which the firm also covers. But let's get right into it here, Lior. This is uh, time to go. We're going to get to a bunch of emails today, and I know you got a bunch of stuff to chat about. And the uh, the header for the, the show today is Don't Ever Do This. And we'll get to those talking points here in just a bit. What's uh, What's going on your end? Hey Johnny, I am uh, you know always always busy with uh, my uh, my work of answering questions and helping individuals and talking about employment law. A lot of what I do is actually just educating people about their rights, and that's the point of the show. So if you haven't uh, heard it before, well, we're going to be talking about the things that you need to know about your rights. As John said, such an important topic, especially now when we're dealing with COVID-19 and our job may be impacted. Uh, thousands and if not hundreds of thousands of people uh, across the province have had their jobs uh, impacted in some way, either layoffs or their job has changed or maybe their compensation has been reduced. Maybe they lost their job. So all those things we touch on the show. So give us a shout right now. Let's talk about that and answer your questions. We do want to answer questions. That's the whole point of the show. But uh, starting with the week, there was a couple situations that came across my desk. Uh, first talk, uh, first situation I'll tell you about. Uh, I spoke with a lady. Now she had been back uh, from uh, from a layoff uh, for a while now, working. But over the past number of weeks, her employer was simply not paying her on time. Uh, it started by being a couple of days late, and it was you know a week late. Now she's saying that she's owed a couple of weeks' pay now. Well, she was called into a meeting, and her employer said. You know, we have some, some financial struggles, so we're going to give you two options. Uh, option number one is you can just continue working and we'll pay you when we pay you. If and when money comes in, we'll pay you. Until then, you just have to work. Second option is you resign. So those are your options. Tell us what you want to do. Well, she did the third option, which is I'll think about it, and she called me. And she wanted to know, well, what are my rights? What are my options here? So there's so much to unpack here that I, I don't even really know where to begin. But I guess let's start with the fact that what this employer is doing is completely illegal. You cannot have employees working and not pay them. Full stop. That's one of the most basic components, basic rights that employees have is to get paid for work done. And you cannot have them work for free even if they agree. It's still illegal. By the way, you can also not avoid paying them on the date that they're supposed to be paid. You cannot pay them later. That's also illegal. So what this employer is saying is, well, uh, option number one is we're going to do something illegal. Option number two, you resign. That's the equivalent, equivalent of saying, tell us how you want us to beat you up, with a baseball bat or with a stick. <laughs> it, it, either way, it's illegal. So, no, she doesn't have to resign. In fact, what's happening here, her employment is being terminated. Remember, she can only be the, she, she's the only one that can decide if she resigns. Your employer cannot tell you you have to resign. It doesn't work that way. By definition, a resignation is something that you do yourself unilaterally and voluntarily. So this employer has done everything illegal. Financial struggles or not, it's absolutely illegal. 
So now what this lady is owed, she is owed severance. She doesn't have to continue working there. She can treat her employment as being terminated. I'll get her the severance that she's owed, but I wanted to bring this up today to remind you, number one, employers and employees, that you cannot be, uh, your pay cannot be affected. Your employer can't avoid paying you, and they cannot impose uh, an ultimatum, do something, or resign. It does not work that way, not at all. If you ever find yourself in any of those situations that we just talked about, call me. Let's talk about it. That number, by the way, again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That is the way to get through. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and of course the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. What else is going on, pal? So I spoke with a gentleman who had been on a layoff since April. Well, he hadn't been called back and he'd been following up regularly with his employer. What's going on? What's going on? Well, he finally heard back from his employer and he was told, well, we don't plan on bringing you back. We're not going to be able to bring you back, but we won't actually be giving you anything official until January, until January 2021. So that's the news. So, of course, he called me. And he wanted to know what what's happening here. Why uh, why are we waiting? Can can they do this? So let's be very clear that the layoff itself, back when it first happened in April, was a termination. Back in April, when they put him on a layoff, he could have treated that as a termination. He chose not to. He wanted to give the company the benefit of the doubt and see if he can go back to work. Not a problem. Well, now that he knows he's not coming back, now that he knows his employment is terminated. His employer can't avoid paying him what they owe him. It doesn't work that way. Can you imagine, John? I'm gonna, I'm terminating your employment, but uh, talk to me in a year, then I'll give you your your paperwork. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. So he's owed severance right now, and I'm I'm gonna help him get it. So for all of you out there as well, two things: the layoff itself could be a termination, requiring the company to pay you severance. The second thing is this: if you already know you're not going back. Don't wait. Why are you waiting to get what you're owed? Who knows where the company's going to be in six months if they are even in business. So if you know you're not going back, if you know that that's it, your employment there is not going to continue, let's act on getting your severance immediately right now. What are the pitfalls if they don't do that? Sit back in their laurels and then bide their time. Well, there's a, the, the biggest issue right now is if, if you know you're not going back, but you're going to wait for the company to give you the paperwork is, well, what happens in three, five, six, ten months if the company's not in business, if they're bankrupt, oh, right. if they're uh, uh, you know the, unable to pay, then you're not going to get anything. The old saying goes, you can't get blood from a stone. So that applies here as well. If you have entitlements, don't sit on those entitlements. You don't know what's going to happen down the road. So if you have entitlements now, let's get you those entitlements now. Waiting time is never on the employee side when it comes to pursuing your rights. Reaching out again, help at employmentlawyer.ca, 1-855-821-5900. Write that down. Keep it. Get a hold of Lior, a member of the team. Don't ever do this. I want to go through a list of these because these are things people, Lior, should know all the time. Keep in their head while they're uh, while they're working because we, we talk about it all the time where you spend most of your life, really, is working, right? Yeah. These are important points. These are points that you need to, to be aware of. Uh, there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to employment law. And employees may make mistakes that compromise their legal rights simply because they don't know any better, because yep. they're doing something that may seem right. Or maybe they've been told by someone else that that's what you have to do. 
And then they may realize when it's too late that, wow, that was a mistake. Uh, we, we've walked away or we gave up rights. So we're going to go through a list of things that if you're working, doesn't matter if it's uh, in a COVID-19 situation or not, these are things you do not want to do. Well, first one is uh, off the top is we just cracked this nut wide open. And that is don't accept a temporary layoff without understanding what you are giving up. And there's all kinds. There is uh, there is a lot of stuff that people give up uh, in, uh, if they accept a temporary layoff. So again, for, for most people, a temporary layoff is in fact a termination. Meaning, if you've been laid off temporarily, you can treat that as a termination of employment. You do not have to wait. Not uh, a week, not a month, not at all. So if you choose not to do that, if you choose to accept the layoff, let's say you get called back to work, you've accepted it. Well, there's a number of problems with that, but the biggest problem is by doing that, you've given the company the right to do it again. Now, right now, here's how this works. Right now, with some of the uh, uh, changes that the government of Ontario has made, you could potentially be waiting until September 2021. That's, of course, only if you choose to wait. But it gets worse than that. If you decide to wait and you go back to work, you go back to work in September 2021 if they call you back. A few months later, they can lay you off again. Why? Because you've given them the right to do it. So it's a terrible thing to do right now, especially. It's, it's one thing if you knew, okay, the layoff can only last another couple of weeks. I'll wait a couple of weeks and be fine. But if it could last a year and then you can still be laid off again and again and again, why, why, why would anyone ever want to put themselves through that? So with the temporary layoff, if you accept that, you've opened the door wide for the employer to make these changes again, to do it again, to essentially get rid of your job security. So when it comes to temporary layoffs, one of the options you have, one of the things you should consider is to treat that as a termination and to say, no, I'm not accepting this. I'm going to treat it as a termination. I'm going to get my severance, which, by the way, can be as much as 24 months pay and proceed that way. It's safer. It's something you really have to think about. And the whole time you're stuck in this hamster wheel, you're also not getting paid, by the way, so you don't have much income coming in, which is never a good thing. No, it's not a good thing. And, you know, most people can't live off EI, even if EI is available to you. Uh, it, it's, it's just not something that, uh, that you can live on. So especially not for a long period of time. So if you need your compensation, you need that cushion until you find another job. Again, severance for depending on your position and length of employment is, could be as much as two years pay. Let's just simply now get uh, that and not uh, wait for it. Let's take a short break and right back into reaching out uh, to Lior on the in the firm land. Anyway, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Employment Law Show right here, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Uh, you want to reach out through email as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is a, a wonderful website as well. Getting right back into this, pal, that is don't ever, ever do this when it comes to uh, your employment and your job life. Don't accept changes to the terms of your employment, even if it is because of COVID. So this is a always important topic. We've been talking about this for a very long time, but it's especially important right now during COVID-19. So you may be told by your employer, well, we need to change your compensation or reduce your hours of work or maybe make you part-time instead of full-time. 
And you may think, well, okay, it's kind of temporary because the employer is figuring stuff out during COVID-19. But here's the problem. Number one, unless it's clear and in writing that it's only on a temporary basis, it may not be temporary. In fact, it could be forever. You may think it's temporary, but if your employer then never changes things back to the way things were, you're stuck. Okay, so that's a huge problem. If it's temporary, if you're agreeing for it to be temporary, you have to get that in writing. If you don't get it in writing and you simply continue working despite the pay cut, despite the change in hours, whatever it is, you've accepted it. And then you've accepted it forever. But as I like to say, it even gets worse than that by accepting it. Let's say it was a pay cut and you've accepted the pay cut, continued working. Not only are you now potentially stuck with that pay cut forever, it's much worse. You've given the company the right to do it again. So the company does not have a right to change your pay. They don't have a right to reduce your hours. They don't have a right to make you part-time. But if you accept it, you've given them the right to do it again. So they've reduced your pay by 15% today. You accepted it, continued working. Next month, if they reduce it by another 15 or 20 or 30 and so on and so on, you are now stuck in that situation. So when it comes to the changes of terms of employment to avoid the situation that I just talked about, don't accept it. Do not allow changes to, to terms of employment to happen. Say, no, I'm not agreeing. And if the employer does it anyway, it's time to talk and to think about constructive dismissal. Because the employer doesn't have a right to change the terms of employment, you may have the right to treat that as a constructive dismissal to get your severance. And in many cases, I think that would be a lot better than to open the doors to more changes in the future. So keep that in mind. And that's just, that's so many changes that, that they can make to location, your hours. They might swap you from days to nights. They might make you drive an extra 10K. And a lot of people every day accept these changes go, well, I don't think I have any choice. It's my gig. Yes, exactly. They think that, that the employer may have the automatic right to do right. that. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, even now during COVID-19, that, that assumption is even stronger. Well, because of COVID-19, they must have the right to do that. No. Whether it's COVID-19 related or not, an employer does not have the right to change the terms of employment. Think about it this way. You you can't simply go to your employer one day and say, hey, employer, I decided I'm, I'm uh, getting a 30% pay raise, right? You can't do that. <laughs> uh, well, if you did I mean, that, your employer would look at you like you fell from the sky. Well, it works the exact same both ways. Right. Your employer can't say to you, I've decided you're taking a 30% pay cut. It's ex- just as ridiculous, just as inappropriate. So no, neither of you can just unilaterally de- decide to change the terms of employment. And if your employer does do that, you have recourse. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the website. Don't ever do this. We're going through these points. These are really important. Write them down if you have to. Uh, don't just refuse to return to work because you're feeling unsafe. We've, we've, we've had this phone call so many times. People going, yeah, I know I should go back and business is open, but because of COVID, I'm not digging it. I'm not going back. Yeah, and, and listen, I'm not faulting anyone. My gosh, it, it, it's a very uh, weird and, and difficult time right now, and it's completely reasonable for people to just feel unsafe. Yeah, my employer is telling me to come back to work, but I'm not feeling safe. There's a bunch of people there, or maybe I have to take public transportation. I don't want to do that. And listen, if you ask me, I think that that makes sense. I, I get it. I you know, There's a reason why I've told all my employees work from home, but... We're not talking about what I think is reasonable. We're talking about what the law says. And legally speaking, if your employer is meeting all the health and safety requirements that the government has put forward, you actually do have to go back to work, even if you feel unsafe, even if you're not comfortable doing that. Because if you don't, the employer may consider you to have resigned 
So not only then would you lose your job, you potentially then would also lose all the benefits from the government, whether it's EI or CRB, etc. So in those situations, if you simply say, no, I'm not doing it because I'm not comfortable, understand that there could be repercussions. It's not enough to say you're subjectively uncomfortable. Now, there are a couple of things that you can do. Number one, if there is a medical condition that you have that puts you at additional risk, talk to your doctor. If your doctor feels that you should be off work, that you shouldn't be going into the office, as long as they give you a clear doctor's note, then you can do that. That's okay. You can be off work, but you need something from your doctor. The second thing is if you have childcare obligations that, uh, that you can only meet by being away from the office, talk to your employer. They may have to accommodate you in those situations. But usually if you simply say, I'm not comfortable, as much as I can get it and I understand, legally speaking, you can't do that. You know, it's it's amazing, too, because if, if someone still feels unsafe, should they take the route of getting uh, a governing body in to check the workplace out at least? Can they do that? You can. And, you know, the primary obligation that an employer has always, and certainly now during COVID-19, is to make sure that the workplace is safe, to make sure that all the employees there work in, a, in as safe as a possible work environment. Now, it can't, unfortunately, be perfect. There's nothing an employer can do right now to guarantee that COVID-19 is not going to creep into the workplace, but they have to abide by all safety regulations and do everything possible. Now, if you feel that your employer is not doing that, maybe they're not being strict about social distancing in the workplace or people having people wear masks or you know allowing too many people in, well, at that point, you are able to call the Ministry of Labor and have an inspector come in to determine what's going on, to determine whether the workplace is safe. And if that inspector determines that the workplace is not safe, it can order the employer to make changes. You shouldn't be working in an unsafe work environment. You shouldn't put yourself and others at risk. And if you do feel, by the way, that that's what your employer is causing you to do to be unsafe, let's talk about that. Let's figure out how to properly refuse work, how to get the government involved if we need to. Don't just simply say, I'm not showing up, uh, goodbye. That could be a resignation. Very important stuff going down the list of don't ever do this. Don't sign employment agreements, for that matter, anything without knowing exactly what you were signing. Therefore, send it to you, Lior, before they put pen to paper, right? Employment agreement uh, is probably one of the most important documents that any individual will ever sign. Okay, it really is that important. It, it's you know more important than, than the mortgage documents that you sign. It's more it important than, yep. than many other things that, that you will sign. So and. Too many people don't really pay attention to it. You know, they'll look at the salary. Okay, salary's cool. Uh, oh, I wanted three weeks vacation. It gave me three weeks. Great, I'm signing. And that's understandable. But there's so many other important things that could be in that document that you're not paying attention to. There could be terms that limit your severance significantly. You could it could cost you tens of thousands of dollars, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars. There could be terms that allow the company to change your compensation. There could be uh, terms that allow the company to prevent you from ever working in the industry again. There could be so many other things that are, are problematic. And if you simply sign it, not even realizing what you've signed, you may be stuck and they may cost you significant amounts. That's also very important if you already have a job and all of a sudden your employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement, be just as concerned. So an employment agreement, regardless of how excited we are about the job or excited we are to go back to work, we can't just be signing without knowing what we're agreeing to. We have to be very careful. The good news is that in many cases, 
You can actually negotiate terms. I can talk to you how to do that. If you're already an employee and your company wants you to sign a new employment agreement, you could actually refuse and to sign and you don't, you can't be punished. So don't just sign without knowing what you're signing and potentially giving up. I want to take a call as we uh, continue the list here. Ray, thanks for, uh, thanks for standing by. Good morning, Ray. How are you? I'm good. So what I want to know is I got injured on the job. Now, it didn't happen. It was like two years ago. Okay. And I went through the process where I, the, our security came up, they write up what happened. Um, I went to the doctor, they had x-rays done. They found that I needed surgery. I got surgery. And then when it came to filing WSIB, they said there was no information on the incident. So I said, look, you know, I went to the doctor and, and you can even check with the security. And, and they didn't go about those routes to find it out. They just decided, okay, the case is closed. Mm. Um, and I had to get, like, benefits from EI, which took, like, four months. And then because of that, then with EI, then they're like, oh, we only pay for X amount of physio for you. And I had to give up my job because I wasn't well enough to do it anymore. Like, they were like, oh, you can go out to work and do something else. Can't can anybody be held liable in that instance? Like, I feel I was railroaded. Well, your only recourse in this situation is as relates or, or is against WSIB. Uh, your employer is not legally required to pay, even though they may be at fault for the injury, it's WSIB, and if WSIB improperly assessed your file or improperly closed it, then there's an appeal process uh, through the, uh, the the Workplace Safety and Insurance Appeals Tribunal. So that's the only recourse to go through that appeal process and to show why WSIB was wrong. Once you go through that appeals process, whatever that decision is, then that's the final decision, and hopefully you go through that process and it's determined that, yes, you were right, it's a workplace injury, and then they'll provide you compensation for lost income, for physiotherapy, but that's the only process that's available, right? Okay, is there a, a time statute limitation on that? When were, you, uh, when were you injured? I would say about two years ago now. And, and when did you close the file with WSIB? Well, they closed the file, like, four months in, like they came and they, um, the, the gentleman I spoke with said to me, well, there's no evidence to this. I said, look, like, and I named all the persons that were present and I told him where he can go because the HR department said they had no recollection. I said, this is incorrect. Like, you go to security, they came up, they have everything because they have to document. They can't delete anything and they'll give you because they did everything that they were supposed to do and they didn't do that. Okay, so so no, you still have time. You, you still have time, right, to to go through the appeals tribunal, but you you can't sit on that. You have to uh, right now file a compl- uh, uh, the, that appeal. If you need some help to direct you in the right place, reach out to me after the show. But that's your only recourse, Ray. Ray, appreciate the call. Thank you very much. And uh, Lior did mention reaching out. You could do that one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer We'll take a short break. Get right back into this. So stick around. We'll continue with Don't Ever Do This Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. 
The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to it, Employment Law Show. You bet anytime reaching out, email or otherwise, you can do it to help at employmentlawyer.ca and to uh, reach Lior, member of his team. When we're not on the air like now, 1 855 821 5900. Always priority, getting right back to the calls. Uh, James, thanks for standing by. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, just curious, I've been working part-time for 15 years, uh, hourly wage. Um, if, they, if I was to be let go or if the company was to change brands, would I be able to get the same compensation as I would if I was full-time? Yeah, so James, absolutely. Severance is, is really calculated based on the income that you're earning at the time of termination. So if you're earning 100000 that your severance is going to be calculated on the basis of 100000 If you're earning 20000 then you, you get the idea. But in terms of number of months, yeah, it's going to be the same. And you've been there for 15 years. You, you know, even without knowing too much, you'd probably be looking at around a year's pay, uh, you know, give or take. We can obviously drill down into more detail if we need to. But yes, you're not going to be getting dinged, so to speak, just because you're a part-time employee. Yeah, so they, so they base it on your, your total salary from the full year as opposed to how many hours a week you're working. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's based on your, your average compensation. If you're someone that some weeks week works more, some weeks works less, we would look at an average, let's say, over the past couple of years. And you know, if on average you make this much a week or this much a month, we will use that to calculate the severance. Uh, so so it's, it's not, uh, it, not going to be less just because you're part-time. Oh, perfect. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thanks uh, thanks for your time, James. Appreciate that. You want to reach out afterwards for a further discussion, I'll give you the number, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Got uh, David next. Hi, David. How are you? Good. Not too bad. Good. What's up? Um, so I was temporarily unemployed and in March from an IT company that I was working at full-time. And since then, I've been working under the table um, consulting for them. And there wasn't a date on when I'd be coming back. Um, so, and I've talked to my boss about a month ago and trying to connect with him now and he hasn't given me a good clear answer on when I'll be coming back. So do I look for them to let me go or do I quit? Because like then do I get compensation and I'm just seeing where I'm at with, do I wait for, look, I get compensation from them because they haven't given me a firm date on when I'm coming back. David, how long have you worked there for? Uh, since uh, July of 2018. So two plus years. Okay, so you uh, have the right now, no, not tomorrow or next month, you can treat it now as a termination of your employment because that layoff was not something they were allowed to do to begin with. Now, if you're inclined to wait and see what happens, you could be waiting until September of next year, September yeah. 2021. But that's, of course, only if you're inclined to wait. Otherwise, you now can treat this as a termination. You can say, well, I am treating this layoff as a termination. You have to pay me severance. Now, let me give you an idea, David, of what you'd be owed. Uh, what kind of a job, David, and how old are you? I'm 33. I work in as a technician in, in an IT company that provides IT services for uh, business. Yeah, okay, good. So you'd probably be looking at about three months' pay, okay? So three months' pay is what I would assess you as being owed. Uh, if you'd like to, to do that now, then let me know. I can help you do that. It's not hard. Often a letter from me is all that's going to be required. But uh, the the other option, again, is you wait. But if you wait, you know, you could be waiting another year only yeah. to find out in a year that your employment is terminated. So may as well just get your severance now and move on. 
yeah, well, I'm looking at moving on because I'm looking at another full-time job. And so I, I sent, I sent him a letter and uh, email and, and waiting for him to reply back sometime next week. And yes, go from there. So, um, so what, what, who, uh, so, uh, what's your email to email you at? I'm going to give you that right now, David, so uh, so stand by for it. Here it is, help at employmentlawyer.ca, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and I'll bonus that with the number 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900. Thanks for the call, pal. Moving on to uh, to Anne. Hi, Anne. How are you? Great. Thank you. Great. Beautiful. What's uh, What's on your mind? Yeah, I just have a question about performance review plans. If you're put on a performance review plan by your manager, uh, like uh, I, I requested extra help, and when it came time for my performance review, I got a bad performance review. And I was wondering, how long can an employer hold you hostage? Like, I mean, is there a certain timeline where he has to wrap things up, or can he hold you hostage forever? Well, th- there's no timeline per se. The key with a performance or a negative performance review is you don't want it to be held against you. Let's say in a, in a couple of months they say that you did something wrong and they say, well, we give you a, per- a bad performance review. Now you did something wrong. So we think together it means we could just let you go for cause. So the best thing to do if there's a performance review that you, you don't think is fair or you don't think it's accurate or maybe doesn't tell the whole picture is I want you to respond to the company, to send an email to the company saying, you know, here's what actually happened or, or, or here's why I don't agree with it. It's absolutely fine to do that. I'm not suggesting you be aggressive or, or, or that you be confrontational, but you absolutely should write an email outlining your concerns. By doing that, you diffuse it. You make it very difficult for the company to rely on it later on. So they, you can't necessarily stop them from doing it, but you can take the sting out of it by responding to it. Uh, that's the best advice I can give, Anne. Yeah, so that's what I did. I did that. And so, like, a few months had passed, and I asked, you know, then I finally got in touch with the manager and asked if we could wrap this up. You know, I was waiting to get it wrapped up, and we sort of did wrap it up, but it was sort of left, like, uh, you know, open, like maybe there's, you know, still not satisfied. And what do you mean by wrap-up exactly? Have they imposed some like, conditions on you? Well, there were no conditions, but it was like a plan that I had to make a plan, yeah. uh, you know, about the performance. And I I did that. And like several months had passed where he didn't get back to me to tell me everything was okay. So then I approached, I approached the situation and asked, you know, is there anything else we need to do? Uh, he sort of gave me a letter saying, oh, for now, it's okay for now, sort of. You know, that's all you could do right now because you did the right thing. Not only did you express your concerns, you, you try to do your best to, to do what they've asked you. The good news is they're not going to be able to hold it against you. So they're not going to be able to use that and say, well, now we can just let you go. So I think you've done everything right. If if they do at some point try to rely on that to let you go, call me because you've done the right thing. You've done exactly what I would have wanted you to do. So I don't think you need to lose any sleep over this. Okay, great. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Anne, for your time. Really appreciate it uh, today. Here's the uh, the number to reach out to, 1-855-821-5900, one 
821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. By the way, anytime you want to get uh, some more information, it's it's right at your fingertips, what we talk about on the show every week, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, absolutely free and anonymous. There is a contact button at the top, right, but there's so much information on that website, and it's free there uh, 24-7 on your uh, your desktop, your tablet, your smartphone, just uh, use it, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. I want to get back into our conversation here. We'll continue uh, get down into more of our notes that don't ever do this. These are very important important things to know so we'll get back to that as we continue here after a short break employment law show on global news radio you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Don't ever do this. That is the topic. In the meantime, you still got some time. Help at employmentlawyer.ca, the email address, and to reach out to uh, to the guys, the firm, anytime, one 821 5900. Don't ever do this. And this one's, uh, I guess it happens when people are off for a long time, but don't ever forget uh, about your employer when you're on a medical leave, right? Don't be uh, don't be all silent forever. Remember, we're talking about not compromising your rights. That's really the, the heading here and, and things to avoid so that you don't compromise your rights. And one way to compromise your rights is by forgetting, as John said, forgetting about your employer if you're on a lengthy medical leave. So remember, you have a right to be on a medical leave as long as you need to, so long, of course, as your doctor supports you, as long as you have that doctor's note, you can be off as long as you need to. Sometimes that could be months, sometimes it could be even longer than that, and that's fine. But just because you're on a long leave doesn't mean I want you to forget about your employer. So what I mean by that is I want you to be in touch with your employer. You know, we have email these days, we have text messages these days, so it's easy to do. Uh, so every once in a while, follow up with your employer. Remind them that you're there. Remind them that you're still uh, working on getting better and planning on coming back to work. Uh, the reason you want to do that is... Uh, you, you don't want to be a situation where you're off for a year, your employer hasn't heard from you in a whole year, then you say, okay, I'm ready to come back to work. The employer at that point may say, well, we thought you've resigned. We never thought you're coming back because we haven't heard from you in a year. Let's not do that. Let's not be in that situation. So I'm not suggesting you contact your employer every day or you, every week, but you know what? Once a month, hey, not a bad idea to send a short note to your employer, letting them know where you're at. Uh, even it could be a one-liner. You know, there's no update yet. I'll give you an update as soon as I have it. Or still working on getting better. Something, something yeah. that they that maintains your connection with the company, so that they know you're looking to come back to work. And if you do that, uh, and then your employer says you can't come back to work now. You have rights. There could be potentially human rights issues, wrongful dismissal, but you want to keep that contact with your employer uh, as much as possible. The number, one 821 5900 to reach out to Lior and the team and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We're talking about things. Don't ever do this. Compromise your rights. This one, for some reason, the last few weeks has come up several times with phone calls and emails, and that is, don't quit unless it's completely voluntary, i.e., I accept your resignation, dot, dot, dot. Very strange. Really, Absolutely. Really You're right. Yeah. And, and it has come up often, and, and I don't even know exactly why. And Because resignation is actually not a complicated topic. It's, it's not something that, that requires a lot of analysis. A resignation is something that the employee, the employee decides to do unilaterally and voluntarily. You want to work somewhere else. You uh, want to go back to school. You want to spend more time with the family. What have you? You decide, I'm not working here anymore. I'm leaving. Goodbye. That's a resignation. That's fine. 
but you're the only one as the employee that can decide to do that. If your employer tells you you have to, then that's not a resignation. At that point, because they're forcing your hand, that's a termination. If you're in a situation where you feel like you have to because of the fact that maybe something happened in the workplace, maybe they changed your job or they're treating you badly, you're being harassed, so I don't really want to resign, but what's the choice? Well, that could be a termination as well. Don't just leave. Let's talk about that first. Let's figure out how we get you out of there with compensation. So generally speaking, the rule that you want to follow so that you don't compromise your rights is don't resign unless it's voluntary. If you feel you have no choice, talk to me. Let's figure out how to do this properly. Uh, but otherwise, stay working. Only resign if you really want to, if it's a voluntary thing. Now, this next one in the Don't Ever Do This file goes for pretty much everything in life, and that is don't forget to document everything. Yeah, don't forget to document. Don't take people's word for it. Don't rely on your memory or others' memory. That's a a surefire way to give up or compromise your rights. So if your boss says something to you, threatens you, makes a change, uh, imposes conditions, and, and they do that verbally, they don't send you anything in writing, that's okay you create that written record. Send them an email confirming what happened. That's ideal. Write something down for yourself contemporaneously. Create the written record. If you do this, you're not going to compromise your rights. You're going to be able to enforce them. Maybe it's a, a constructive dismissal situation where you're being mistreated. Companies harassing you, bullying you, treating you with disrespect. Well, let's create some written record of that so that we can show what actually happened because you can always count on the fact that whoever is mistreating you is not going to just admit it later on, right? So create that written record, have something in writing, a very smart, effective way to enforce and to maintain your legal rights. This one people don't often step up to as well. That is, don't just accept unfair discipline or inaccurate performance reviews, right? That's right. I I was uh, talking about that briefly with our previous caller, Anne, when I said, if you get a a bad performance review or, or discipline, you know, warning, and you don't agree with it, say something about it. Don't just accept it and continue working. You may think, oh my God, this is, this is complete nonsense. I don't agree with this at all. This is false, but I'm just going to continue working. By doing that, you may as well have been saying, yes, I agree and I accept this. So don't do that unless, in fact, it is accurate. Instead, as I was telling Anne, write something down to your employer. Send a note, an email, uh, outlining why you don't agree with it, why it's not accurate, Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe provide additional information that your employer needs to have. You don't necessarily need them to take back the discipline or the performance review. You simply need there to be on record what you said, that you didn't agree, that you provided information, you provided context. By doing that, you're going to make it that much more difficult for the company to even think about letting you go for cause. You're going to maintain your rights, a terrible idea that for sure means you give up your rights is simply accepting a a bad performance review or bad discipline and continuing working it's the same as saying yes you were right and i was wrong let's wrap up the list with uh, arguably the biggest one on the list and that is don't sign that severance letter yeah that that is the the definition of giving up your legal rights you've been let go you've been offered severance and and you signed in fact right uh, during one of the breaks on the show, I was checking my email uh, on my phone, and I got a, uh, a, a note from someone who was asking about her severance package, except she accepted uh, her severance package. She was accepted uh, She accepted two months' pay. I assess her as being owed as close to six months' pay, and I had to tell her, sorry, because you've accepted it. There's nothing that can be done. 
Once you sign off on that severance letter, you can't go back. And the reason why that's important is in 90% of cases, 90% of the time, when you are let go, you're offered a lot less than what you are owed, a lot less. And you may not realize that. You may think it's appropriate that you sign because of that. Or maybe you feel the pressure. Well, they told me I have to sign, so I've got to sign. No, no, no. Please don't do that. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Again, it's pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to calculate your severance there. It takes seconds and you can find out what you should actually be getting or call me and I'll tell you what you're, what you're owed. But do something rather than signing off on that severance letter. The difference between what you've been offered and what you're legally owed could be significant. It could be tens of thousands or more. Please don't let that happen to you. Don't give up your rights in doing that, especially these days where every penny counts. Let's wind it down with an email today. This one from Jordan. Again, it's help at employmentlawyer.ca. Jordan says, uh, guys, my wife and I work at the same place. I was let go for cause because of something that my wife did that had nothing to do with me. Is this legal? Well, no, it's not legal. I, I don't see how an employer could ever think to let a, a, a husband, in this case, I guess, go because the wife may have done something wrong. First of all, it may not be cause for the wife or the husband, but certainly if you, the employee, the husband in this case, didn't do anything wrong, you can't be penalized for the for the uh, offenses of someone else. That's a wrongful dismissal. And it's also important time to remind everyone how difficult it is to terminate employment for cause. Maybe you did something wrong, or maybe you've you really had a bad month. Uh, you know, you you you've been distracted, COVID nineteen. You your head hasn't been there completely. That does not mean you can be let go for cause. In most cases, if the company tries to let you go for cause, that's easily a wrongful dismissal. So let's talk about that. But certainly in this case, if you're let go because someone else did something wrong, not even close. That's an obvious wrongful dismissal, and we need to talk. All right, another full day, and we appreciate you sticking around for it. Here's how you reach out. Now that we're uh, complete, it is help at employmentlawyer.ca, the phone number one eight five five. 821-5900 and always go there pocketemploymentlawyer.ca trust me you'll want to go there anonymous and completely free but there is a contact button if you want to carry forth from there we'll catch you again employment law show right here global news radio the preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio 640 toronto